Welcome to Moms Unpacking Autism. I'm Anne and I'm here with my co-host, Stacy. And today we are going to talk about something a little bit tricky, aren't we, Stacy? Yes, we're going to talk about power. Power. And and this theme came to mind this week because so many of my I went to college in Texas. So many of my friends live in in and around all the areas that have been seriously influenced by, you know, horrible weather and the power grid failure and and I was just having um, so much sympathy and empathy for like parents trying to convince their kids like it was going to be okay, um, having to put on extra layers, which was always a nightmare in my house whenever our power went out in New Hampshire, um, because we don't do layers. <laughs> <laughs> because layers are uncomfortable. <laughs> layers are very uncomfortable. Layers have mini tags. Oh. Um, and also you may notice that the seaming on winter garments is not great. <laughs> So, so the, the struggle is real. Um, the idea that we're on an adventure or we're going to play board games, like <laughs> none of real. that, no. <laughs> that would just not fly. Yeah. Did you guys play board games in your house with the, your kids? You know what? My daughter really wanted to play board games. That's what she liked to do. And the three of the other three of us hate board games. <laughs> so she didn't get to, she would only get to play it. <laughs> terrible I mean I was like a terrible mother because I was like I am not playing board games I hate board games but my sister loved board games and her kids did so you know she would play with my sister and the kids they'd get to play. I once had a um a therapist uh, for my kid uh tell me that like the only thing he wanted to do was play board games yeah said, okay well then I'm turning in my parenting badge <laughs> so I'm no longer interested so you don't um, like board games either I despise them. <laughs> I think they were put on earth to make me personally, like it's a personal vendetta against me. Board yeah. <laughs> like keeping them, the boxes, yeah. the rules, the explanations of the rules that go on yes. for an eternity and half, the missing dice, the incorrect dice. Oh no. The I must be purple. Yeah. Don't even get me started on Monopoly. I, no. I, uh, uh, Pure ruination. Um, I'm glad you brought being a terrible parent because my reading today is from a, a great novel um, called Anxious People. Okay. By uh, Frederick Bachman. He's so delightfully funny, and um, and uh, this this is a, a, a he talks a lot in this particular novel about being a bad parent. Okay. Um, and so let me see if I can just get to that right there. Because the terrible thing about becoming an adult is being forced to realize that absolutely nobody cares about us. We have to deal with everything ourselves now, find out how the whole world works, work and pay bills, use dental floss and get to meetings on time, stand in line and fill out forms, come to grips with cables and put furniture together, change tires on the car and charge the phone and switch the coffee machine off and not forget to sign the kids up for swimming lessons. We open our eyes in the morning and life is just waiting to tip a fresh avalanche of don't forget and remembers over us. We don't have time to think or breathe. We just wake up and start digging through the heap because there will be another one dumped on us tomorrow. We look around occasionally at our place of work or at parents meetings or out in the street and realize with horror that everyone else seems to know exactly what they're doing. We're the only ones who have to pretend. Everyone else can afford stuff and has a handle on other stuff and enough energy to deal with even more stuff. 
and everyone else's children can swim. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, does that feel real to me? Oh, man. <laughs> I should have gotten some wine for this one. <laughs> I will wide. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, what happens, I think, with um, being a parent with a kid with disabilities is we're set up right from the get-go yeah. with these like super loaded terms, mm -hmm. right? So like when my kid wouldn't eat, what's the diagnosis? Failure to thrive. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've already failed. <laughs> just say won't eat <laughs> right right or, or or i love functional versus non-functional what what is what is that? <laughs> so like if i had to organize it i'd say i'm functional my husband is unfunctional <laughs> no but 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 i i do think that that these terms really do kind of set us up for feeling pretty much like crap what what do you think about that I think you're absolutely right. And I haven't really thought about it, but everything comes from a negative standpoint. Mm -hmm. You're not doing this good enough. You are not, there's something that you're missing, you know, like yes. even as a person, you are defective. Yes. You yes. are not able to do this. Right? Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a feeling that you've fundamentally been chosen for the wrong job. Right. Do you like <laughs> Like you've been chosen as the garbage can, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> like some people get to be the star shining in the sky and yes. some people get to be the rug that others wipe their feet on. You've yes. been chosen as the you rug, chosen. But, but your rug doesn't have any, um, any threads in it anymore. You're no, no, yeah. no, no, no. You've had a puppy that's pulled the thread all the way out. <laughs> yeah. So, so in terms of. Um, of course, I got to thinking about power and then, you know, other other definitions of power and 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 so much of disability life has to do with who's in control yeah. and and what is power. And so I'm thinking that power is the ability to influence outcomes. OK, so it's the person in the situation that that can kind of direct what's going to happen. And so often as a parent, I feel really powerless in that. And my, I have two favorite places to feel completely powerless. All right. One is, um, was during IEP meetings. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's breathe. Okay. IEP breathe meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and the second um, was taking him to the doctor. Oh. As a, as a kid, which I now assiduously avoid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's going to go into the doctor when he's 60 and people are going to be like, when was the last time you were seen by a physician? Yeah. <laughs> he's we going have... to say, oh, were those available to people in their 20s, 30s, 40s? <laughs> um, no, no, we had, we had a situation once where um, he had a corn on the bottom of his foot. Oh, no. And the doctor said, uh, we have to freeze this off. And it was, it was like a really loud machine. Oh, and so the loud machine was obviously troublesome. And the doctor tried to reason with him. Um, you know, I'm already sweating flop sweat by the time that's like, we're going to have to freeze something off. And I just so clearly remember the doctor saying, why don't you have control over him? Ooh, you know, tell him to sit still. 
Oh, like ouch. somehow I don't want him to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I'm desperately hoping is this will go on and on forever, and hopefully someone will be injured, and maybe there'll be more tears. <laughs> awful enough let yeah. let's make it more awful can we involve restraints or you know anything else that's going to make this impossible to to ever do again and and you know so i was wondering like wh where have you like felt powerless oh man I where haven't you felt powerless my penis <laughs> i used to feel very powerless in the store because it would be in the store that she would choose to just let it all out. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she'd, she'd pull these big hissy fits about why did my sister get a pair of pants and I didn't. And you know, the right answer was not, you have 25 at home in your closet and she doesn't have any that fit her, you right. know, um, it was, I demand this now. And she'd throw this temper tantrum and we're not talking about a two-year-old child throwing a temper tantrum. No, we're talking no. about an eight, 10, 12 year old child throwing a temper tantrum. And I could not keep her quiet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if I'd go, shh, she'd get louder. And if yes. I'd go, let's not talk about this. She'd buy, I'm going to talk, you know, and, and it would just escalate. I felt very powerless then. And I felt like there was this yes. megaphone on her and this magnifying glass on me. And I just wanted to shrink into the floor. Yes. I think, I think, um, now that you reminded me there, it's those times when you're trying to make sort of a presentable time for your other offspring. Right. Right. So it's important to them that they're out shopping. You have the other kid. And so you can't do the like, well, if everyone isn't going to behave, we're leaving the store now. Right. <laughs> because that's not fair to the other child. It's not, it's not fair. And also it's not, um, it, it, the, it doesn't match, you know, no. <laughs> like it, it's, it's not um, in any way um, going to change with, no. with um, removal from the store. No. It, you know, it's, it doesn't get a desired outcome. Right. Plus you'd never get to the store again. You, you just wouldn't. Right. You just, yeah. you just wouldn't, you just yeah. wouldn't. And so I think that um, one thing that I got very good at, uh, which is, you know, kind of yin and yang is being highly manipulative. Oh. Um, I really had to work super hard at controlling all conditions of, mm -hmm. of what we were going to accomplish. Hmm. And and I, you know, the thing that's difficult about that is when do you stop being highly manipulative? Oh, you know? That's a good point. You're right. We're like trained to be manipulators. I am. Mm. Like I, I still, my shoulders still go up if somebody suggests something like, so like if we're eating and, um, and like there's fish, this was the other night and it was a little spicy. And my husband said, oh, this is a little spicy. And I was like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll eat it if he doesn't like it spicy. <laughs> and like, this person is 23, has yogurt available. You know, you're not on a desert island. If, if he chooses not to eat the, eat the fish, you know, they're right. really, it isn't like some bad thing, but it's such a reflexive habit. Yeah. You're right. I'm the same way. Don't say that. Shh, shh. Oh, there. Shh. <laughs> right. I don't want trouble. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. So, 
so then, you know, is it me being manipulative or is it me navigating a difficult situation? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. know. I bet some of the time I'm just terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I do that a lot. Come to think of it. That's terrible. <laughs> and, and, you know, they call we me ought to stop it. I know they say I'm controlling it. I say, no, I'm not. And I'm thinking, but I am trying to control the environment all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the hypervigilance. Okay. Um, that then also leads to exhaustion. Yes. Yeah. And, and yet it is required at certain junctures to right. make anything happen. Yeah. So to me, there's a, there's a real balance there between, I, I will defend to the end, the idea that no food would have ever been tried if there hadn't been some orchestration, shall we say, <laughs> some manipulation. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and the bad part is when they're young, you get praised for that. Right. So, you know, an OT will say, oh, you got, you know, you got him to try broccoli. Mm. Like, good job. Right. right. So, so the little strokes of like, oh, you're doing this well, come from control. Oh, you got him to do 15 minutes of homework right. um, or reading. Oh, good job, mom. Good job. Yeah. You know, we yeah. can tell you care because you got him to do something. That's true. Wow. When I think about that, it still goes on now, but mm-hmm. it's totally different. Um, it's why can't you get them to do this? Yes. And and now as an adult, they're not going to do these things. And 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 they can pull the I'm an adult card. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and I think that what that that then brings out the marriage to me of of shame with control. Yeah. Yep. Because. There isn't anybody out there in the world saying like, oh, good job. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I resented those, those, you know, situations with the five or six professionals in an IEP setting telling me, you know, in infinitum, all the things I was doing wrong, um, or at least that's how I heard it. And then um, contrast that with now, like we're alone in a bubble. Yeah you know, it's, it's very hard to know, um, if, if you're pushing this way or that way. Oh, okay. I gotta tell you something real quick. This is so funny. Um, so I asked if he wanted to live in a dorm. Oh, what happened? Oh my gosh. It was so fascinating because this is what I did. I did the, like, I modeled leave it to beaver. So what I did was I, um, I was doing dishes. So I had my back turned him so that like, there would be no facial input. And I was like, Oh, like as if I really cared about the dishes, I'm Barbara Billingsby loving the dishes. (laughs) And, um, and I said, so would you be interested in living in a dorm? And, you know, he explained to me his reasons that he would and he wouldn't. Okay. I was so excited that there was even a possible would, you know, involved that, um, that I thought, okay, there's, there's some hope for conversations um, you know, uh, uh, where the, no one's trying to exert power. Like we talked about last week, right? This is a neutral conversation, um, you know, effort at neutral and nobody's trying to use shame, you know, like, oh, you should really want to, that's like a thing everybody wants to do. It'll be so much fun. You'll have so much friends, da, 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 right? Not, none right. of the kind of like, I'm going to grind you in and point out your issues. Right. Um, 
And, and then uh, what I also discovered was some stuff bubbled up that I didn't realize was an actual concern. Like, um, as per usual, as this bed mom, um, <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a concern that cafeterias close. Uh, and so you wouldn't be able to eat if you ah. lived in a dorm because at the community college, it closes right before dinner, the cafeteria does. Okay. And so he was under the impression that there isn't, there aren't meals Oh, he thought you could just get the meals at the cafeteria. Yeah, during, yeah, yeah. And so, so there are, um, as you know, a myriad of things that listening (laughs) instead of deciding, um, you know, kind of brought forward where we'll go with that. uh, Who who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the shame part is, is really the, the, one of the things since I've been meditating and doing my quiet times, I think shame is one of the things that bubbles up about doing difficult things. And, and um, it, you know, like how we've been uh, talking about like doing wills or doing trusts and, and stuff. Uh So so just for your benefit, I did research on how many parents do (laughs) Do tell. It will. And it's a little, it's a little hard to tell, right? Because estate planning it is considered to be, do you have a will? Do you have an advanced directive for health? So like, you know, DNR or whatever. Okay. And then the third one is a trust. Okay. And so a lot of people have advanced directives because their doctors make them fill them out. So it kind of gets lumped together. So it's a little hard to tell. But even so. Yeah. You want to guess what percentage of Americans our age have wills? Uh, 23. You know, it's 33%. Oh, better than I thought. Yeah. So, and the most likely group to have put estate planning into action in during COVID is yeah. actually 18 to 34 year olds. Oh. They are the most concerned about their future and death. And according to like the um, Pew Research Center, they are uh, people who are disabled are highly concerned okay. about um, death and the future. And I thought to myself, okay, well, yay, I've done something. Yes. So once again, I think I'm like this lone grown up. who's failing at parenting and failing at adulting and it turns out no (laughs) you're not can I just say right here good for you yeah right yeah yeah. I'm impressed I mean what's up next I'm gonna have like matching socks and (laughs) (laughs) don't go there (laughs) I couldn't relate to you anymore if your socks matched (laughs) The matching's overrated. What can I say? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, so I took heart in that that like some of this shame I'm feeling is um, just the shame of Americans, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. But then I also thought, then any tiny step that we take forward, mm-hmm. really impressive. Right. So, like, have a conversation with your um, loved ones is actually where most people stop. Okay. They don't, they don't go any further than that. And they're worried about the cost and yada, yada, yada. But, um, but we have to engage on some of these things. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I'm going to have to force myself to do more difficult things. And I I hate to couch it in terms of like force, but I think it is force with me. I I don't think I'm naturally going to do any of this. Right. Um, 
you know, I'd, it's, it is depressing when you really look at the, at the solid numbers and, you know, disabled adults, you know, they make about 70% of the income of uh, a typical person. So, so if you are a Hispanic female and you're disabled, you make about 70% of what a typical Hispanic female would make. And we know that Hispanic females are already severely, you know, punished in the marketplace. And, and so I, I'm really encouraging myself to just take the scales out of my eyes here a little bit Mm -hmm. and, um, and come to terms that, that, that I need to be engaged in change. Yep. Um, and agency and, um, this isn't a personal issue. Right. It's a systemic uh, warrior mom needed issue. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're not, it's, it's like the penguins that like march around with the little eggs, right? And some people are in the middle or some penguins are in the middle and then some take the outside for a while and then they are in the inside for a while to stay warm. And I think we have to do that. You can't always be a warrior right? Um, or a nurturer or, or any of those things. But some of the time I can be. And you are right now. You're so I working. Think, well, I don't, you know, I've got yeah. a bunch of t-shirts. So you know. yeah, yeah. You're working it. No, I think this is good, Stacy. And I think it's a good reminder for all of us to do this to, um, cause I know for me, I can think in my head about my will, but, mm-hmm. uh, to go to a lawyer is a whole nother thing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, it would be the expense definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and then the fear, of dying almost as if you make that will you're going to die whereas I know the truth is you're going to die anyway mm-hmm. but uh, but magical yeah. thinking's fun yeah well yeah and, and I, highly preventative of death so far in my life <laughs> <laughs> your proof yeah well I was just accused of magical thinking yesterday by my husband because we were talking about romper room and do you remember in romper oh, yeah, room they yeah, used yeah. to see you through the magic yeah, yeah. mirror and I see Linda yes. and I see Mary yes <laughs> Did your name ever get called? Not at once. Mine either. And I always was like, I'm here, I'm here. And they never called my name. Yes. Whereas Tom, his name was called often because he often. had a very common name. And even when his name was called, he thought, well, they're not calling me. They're just calling out a general name. Yeah. That's how my husband feels because <laughs> he has a really common name. He's like, he, he said on any given day in public, he could just turn around because somebody's yelling his name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I get it. But anyway, all this yeah. to say that uh, magical thinking is good. Mm-hmm. It's protective. It's protective. And um, yeah, I might just stay there for a little while and watch you do what you're doing. Okay. If we're going to be the penguins, you know, right now you're what in the inner circle and I'm on the the inner circle staying. I'm in the inner circle. Yeah. Because you need, and then I'm on the outside right now. Okay. Okay. I'm going to fight against the Arctic winter. Okay. So you're on the outside. I'm on the inside and Uh someday we'll switch. And someday we'll switch around because, because this ability will not last forever. If there's one thing I know for sure is uh, my ability to engage on these topics will drop off and there will have to be some depression. It's just how my, (laughs) (laughs) my biochemistry says you will suffer. (laughs) 
Well, I applaud right now you're going forth and fighting and, and I applaud that you're sharing it with all of us so that we can all learn how to do it too. Well, I'm just so thankful for the, uh, a community and a community of listeners and good friends. Yeah. And um, I guess I would want people to know too that, that I really hold, I'm holding all of us in, in my thoughts and, and, uh, and prayers. Don't know if you lean towards prayers, but um, but I really do look at um, moms unpacking autism as as a as a safe space to be held. Well, that's good because we need it, you know, because it's it's not something that just goes away. It's not a cold. It's it's you know. <laughs> It's here for the long term. <laughs> true, true, true. Oh well, all right. I'll report back next week on if I made any um, any progress. Okay, <laughs> just okay, find good. me under the kitchen table with some bottle. <laughs> okay, well, if you do, make sure you have a book there so you can at least read to us so oh, something oh, to okay. talk about. Okay, <laughs> sounds fair. <laughs> okay, Stacy, thank you, and to all you wonderful listeners, have a good week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.